Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com, and uh, any comments, any questions, love hearing from you. You can email me at kim at americhicks.com, and I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Let's jump in here. We have on the line with us Tracy Bentley. She is the executive director of the Colorado Petroleum Council. And uh, first thing, I think that, well, first of all, Tracy, welcome. It's great to have you here this morning. Good morning, Kim. Thank you for having me. You know, petroleum, there's there's so many different products that come from petroleum that make our lives better. Petroleum really powers our lives. So talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. I think um, most people don't know, and it's important to be reminded, that our everyday way of life really is based largely out of petroleum products. So every plastic is petroleum-based, and a lot of our um, medical equipment and life-saving devices are based uh, out of petroleum. Um, Everything from our cell phone to uh, the obvious things like the tires on our car or the power that allows us to drive our cars all the way to makeup. Um, to the to the clothes that we wear every day are all based on petroleum. Well, and I think that we've really taken it for granted, particularly in Colorado. There seems to be <clears throat> kind of a a fringe radical group that is putting a lot of fear in in people about uh, oil and gas drilling, uh, hydraulic fracturing, and so there's a lot of mistruths out there, and and they're playing into the fear of people. But, you know, you just have uh, the lights not work and not have any heat for a little while or, or not have, uh, you know, the plastic that, that goes into helping make your cell phone or all these things that make our lives better. If we really sat down and thought about how these things from petroleum have, have helped us, you know, go after our hopes and dreams, we're more efficient, uh, we can do more things. Uh, but, but I think that we've taken it for granted, and, and we need to understand that. Everyday people need to understand just how rich their lives are because of petroleum. You're exactly right. Not only the things that that you and I just mentioned, um, which we completely take for granted, but Colorado has some of the most affordable electricity rates anywhere in the country, and that is due to our abundance of natural gas. Not only is natural gas affordable and abundant in Colorado right now, Colorado is experiencing some of the lowest emissions um, of anywhere in the country, 30-year lows, and that is because of natural gas. We we take it off, and it's it's clean. Uh, we have the some of the strictest air quality standards of anywhere in the country. And so not only do we re- reap the benefits um, of, of petroleum products that we just spoke about, but here in Colorado, we, we have the most affordable electricity and some of the, our emission standards are going down while we continue to increase our production of natural gas. So it's really a win-win in Colorado. And to your earlier point, this fear-mongering that's going on here, these are it's largely stemmed by out-of-state activist groups um, who have recruited spokespeople here who are not from Colorado and who do, 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 do not understand that we have over a 100-year history of uh, producing energy um, in the state of Colorado and doing it very, very well. And so I would hope that, that people really take a step back and not, not succumb to that, um, you know, the fear, as, as you put it, that, that's going on out there. Well, Tracy, uh, Steve and I were talking earlier um, regarding that I think the veil is off on many of these agendas. Uh, and, and this fear-mongering 
has uh, said that, you know, we really, I mean, they're implying that there's something really bad that's going to happen. And you get, you get moms whipped up about concerned about their kids. And, uh, you know, (laughs) it's pretty tough to fight back on that. Uh, But the real agenda that I've seen, and again, the veil has come off. It's not about coming together and trying to work together to make sure that, um, you know, that, that we are able to have efficient, affordable, and reliable energy and, and look at a complete menu, obviously, of energy choices. But this agenda that we're talking about with all this fear-mongering wants to keep oil and gas in the ground. And uh, the fact that, you know, we have low electricity rates, again, I think everyday people take that for granted because uh, you go to your, your lights and try to turn them on a couple of times and not have them turn on. Things start to change when you start to have to look at candles or flashlights or lanterns or things. That's exactly right. Or if our electricity rates double and our bills all of a sudden are are to a point where people can't afford them anymore. But, Kim, I'll see this, too. I'm a mom. I have three kids um, who I raised in right in the heart of oil and gas country. And so I can tell you firsthand I've been there and I've done that. And the, the um, <clears throat> misinformation that is put out there. By, by the keep it in the ground people um, that that oil and gas is not safe or that it you know it can cause health issues possibly uh, with our with us or with our kids is not grounded in fact and that's what's important for people to know is that there there have been studies after studies after studies uh, both done by the Colorado Department of Health and Environment and by third party who we, we test all the time in Colorado who have came in and said there is no health risks associated with with being near an oil and gas site. And so I, I think it's important that as we, you know, hear these folks talk and suggest that it's not safe or that there could be all these consequences that we understand as, you know, first of all, Coloradans, number two, consumers, third of all, as parents, um, where are we getting our information and who are we listening to? Well, and the thing about it is, is if this uh, radical activist group will will not search for truth over here, then typically with that style of, of, of narrative, you know, it, I have to question whether or not they're telling me the truth on any of the things that they're talking about. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think that they're really trying to, to play into that emotion of fear, particularly with moms. And, um, you know, when you look at all the petroleum products that, that help our kids, that, that help us take care of our kids, that allow us to, to take them to soccer practice, that they can be involved in, in dance. I mean, the soccer ball is probably made from petroleum products. How about the, the cleats, uh, the dance shoes, all these things that have allowed our kids to, to, to thrive and prosper. There's a lot of petroleum that's involved in that. You are exactly right. Everything that you just said, Kim, is 100% true. It's, you know, and we could go on and on with the shin guards and the mouthpiece. All of those are petroleum-based. The other thing I would say is, you know, there's there's this big push right now for cities across the country and states to go 100% renewable. I also find um, a little bit of irony in that, in that all of the um, wind turbines, um, all the way, you know, from the blades um, to the tower, uh, the solar panels, um, those are all petroleum-based products. And so you cannot have, a, you know, 100% renewable energy without some fossil-based products in there. The other thing that I will say about that is wind and solar are amazing. So is hydroelectricity. Um, I, I'm a, a, a all of the above uh, approach when it comes to energy. But when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine, what needs to be there to make sure that our lights still turn on? Well, the answer is... Uh, 
you know, clean burning natural gas and petroleum-based products. And so Colorado, and I say this everywhere I go, we always have been an all-of-the-above state, and we need to make sure that we maintain that even when we have folks telling us that we have to choose. Well, and so then the next question becomes freedom and force. Will we let the the freedom of the um, free market you know, work these prices out, or are we going to start to force things like this force of 100% renewable? So, Tracy Bentley, we're going to go to break here in just a moment, but I'd like to get your read on uh, Governor Polis's uh, energy plan. Uh, you know, we had this this big, um, propo- um, let's see, um, Proposition 112, which was a, a setback regarding oil and gas, and that failed at the ballot box this last November, and that was a 2,500-foot setback. However, uh, and Governor um, Polis came out against that. However, prior to that, he had been in favor of a 2,000-foot setback. So I want to figure out what you guys have, what you think is coming down the pike on that. And we're going to go to break. We have Tracy Bentley on the line with us. She is the executive director of the Colorado Petroleum Council, and I am just dying to hear what she thinks about Governor Polis's energy plan. We'll be right back. And I will always do my duty, no matter what the price. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. That's where I am on Facebook and Twitter as well. Tell your friends about this. Every Monday through Friday, we are on from 6 to 7 a.m. with our encore in the afternoon. And we are hoping that we are bringing forward food for thought, nuggets of wisdom, things that you can talk about with your family And maybe you'll hopefully learn something and always learn something. I always learn something when we're talking about energy. Uh, We have on the line with us Tracy Bentley. She is the executive uh, executive director of the Colorado Petroleum Council. And Tracy, I know that my life is richer because of affordable, efficient, and reliable energy. And my story is an interesting one. My grandmother grew up on the plains of western Kansas with six brothers and sisters in a two-room sod house. So it's just two generations later that her granddaughter can get in a car, drive over to a station. We have all these petroleum-based products here where we can create a radio show, talk about big ideas. You know, we've got our all kinds of phones here, computer, all kinds of things to making this work. And I submit to you that it is because of reliable, efficient, and affordable energy that my grandmother's granddaughter can do this. You are spot on, Kim. I think your story, it puts it in a way that everybody can understand, but you are exactly right. There are so many developing countries um, who would absolutely give everything they have to have the abundant natural resources, um, specifically oil and gas, when it, as Colorado does. We're the fifth largest producer of oil and we're the fifth largest producer of natural gas in the country. Um, what that affords us, our lifestyle, not just the obvious electricity rates and, and so forth, but what it affords us as a lifestyle is truly something that I think we all should not take for granted. We we need to be grateful for it and certainly not try to demonize the product and the people that are making this happen. So let's jump over here, Tracy. We've got five or six minutes. Governor Polis, uh, you know, I, I really wish that politicians and bureaucrats would do what they say and say what they're going to do. Uh, but that that doesn't seem to happen very often. Uh, Governor Polis came out against Proposition 112, which was this 2,500-foot setback that was on the Colorado ballot in 2018. However, prior to that, 
He had been in favor of a 2,000-foot setback, which isn't that much less than 2,500. And then I hear him talking about 100% renewable. What what do you think is going to happen? Well, unfortunately, um, what I think is going to happen this legislative session, we have over 24 brand new legislators at our state capitol who are creating laws and passing them. And many of them um, don't, again, do not, they're not, not from Colorado. They don't understand the rich heritage that we have of being a top energy producing state and that we, we do it very, very well with balancing our, our environment and resource development. And so we have a lot of extreme views, unfortunately, coming out. To your point, Governor Polis thankfully did not support Proposition 112 um, and was, um, I would say, key in in helping us defeat that measure. But we are going to see legislation that does exactly that, that that is 112, that calls for a 2,500-foot setback. We're going to see a 2,000-foot setback. We're going to see a 1,500-foot setback. We're going to see a bill that calls for a moratorium on all, on all oil and gas development in the state of Colorado and everything in between. These are not bills that are or laws that would be passed in the name of health and safety. Make no mistake, they are exactly like Proposition 112. They are looking to ban oil and gas development in the state of Colorado. And Coloradans spoke loud and clear in the defeat of 112. They do not like extreme measures. They want to balance. Um, they, they, we don't want to ban a particular industry that uh, is critical to our economy here in Colorado. And so when it comes time for these bills to be introduced and discussed, I'm hoping that Colorado will step up again and say, um, this is too extreme for us. This is not right for the state of Colorado. Well, Tracy, what we saw with uh, many, many people showed up this last week regarding this uh, sex education bill, which I'm concerned about because I think it's uh, really uh, hypersexualization of our children as well as just not letting kids be kids. And so lots and lots and lots of people showed up. And by gosh, it, it, the legislators didn't listen to them, and they went ahead and, and passed this, um, I think it was on a party-line vote, out of, out of a committee. Um, and so what happens on oil and gas? I mean, will they not, I mean, we've seen them basically, you know, not even listen to the people if they go down and testify. I'm, I'm really concerned about it, Tracy. I'm concerned as well. I can tell you that... Um one of the amazing things that came out of, out of Proposition 112 is um, our energy workforce across the state. And by the way, there are 232,000 Coloradans who work in the energy industry, in the oil and gas industry. And we saw them unite and, and be proud of where they worked and what they do and what they brought to the table. And that was one of my favorite parts about, about the uh, campaign. So when it comes to legislation, to your point, Kim, it's we're going to see some of these same people come to the Capitol and testify um, as to what they do every day, what they do for Coloradans every day, and how proud they are and how important they are to our workforce. And I, it is my hope that who's ever sitting across that table from them who are going to make these decisions really, really listen to them and understand just how important they are to our community. So I am I'm cautiously optimistic. Well, you know, affordable, efficient, and reliable energy, uh, we've, I mean, we've talked about it, and I hit it again. It, it allows us to, to live lives that, 
that for everyday regular people never would have seemed possible as you look back at history. And somehow I think we've gotten comfortable and we take it for granted. And I certainly don't want to get to a point like a 2,000-foot a setback isn't that far from a 2,500-foot uh, setback. And when you start to draw the circles, and, and I did read the whole Proposition 112, and the way it was worded was such that, that basically, for sure, on all private land, and I couldn't determine maybe even public land. I mean, there would basically be no oil and gas um, exploration or development from what I could see, or any new, I shouldn't say any new oil and gas exploration or development in Colorado if something like this passed. You're exactly right. It would have taken 80% of private lands, uh, service land off the table for new um, oil and gas development. So it effectively served as a moratorium. Um, on all new oil and gas development. You know you're exactly right. And that's the thing. Many of these measures, like Proposition 112, and we're going to see several pieces of legislation this session who, who you know, on, on its face, they may appear to be reasonable to folks. But then when you do things like, um, you know, produce a map on, okay, let's apply this and see what it will do, it becomes clear very quickly what, what their ultimate goal is. And that is ultimately to stop the development of oil and gas in the state of Colorado. And so um, folks like me and so many others out there, the broader business community um, are, are onto this and we're, we're willing to say that's, you know, that's, you're not telling the truth to the voters of Colorado. So we will continue to do that. And thankful. We're so thankful for people like you who allow us to have these discussions and really get the, the word out and the right information out. Well, I tell you what, I am so grateful for all of the things that petroleum brings to my life. And so Tracy Bentley with the Colorado Petroleum Council, thank you so much for joining me uh, with the AmeriChicks this morning. I greatly appreciate it. Kim, thank you so much for having me. Okay. Well, quite a show. And Steve, hats off to you. The phones are down and you made this thing work. You are, you're terrific. So thank you. Uh it's, it's out of my hands. That's all I can say. <laughs> but, you know, a, a tip of the hat to uh, the afternoon boys, John and Dan. They think outside the box. They found a way to, to do a show like this. because They did a great interview last night with Patrick Neville, uh, you know, from the State House. And I called back in right away saying, how are you guys doing that? Because I know the, the regular phones are down, and yeah. I found out how. Well, great job. So thank you so much. So into the show here, Kamala Harris asked, who are we? Well, I'll tell you, this is from uh, Wendell L. Wilkie. He says, I believe in America because it is we, because we are free. We're free to choose our government, to speak our minds, to observe different religions, because we are generous with our freedom. We share our rights with those who disagree with us, because we hate no people and covet no people's land, because we are blessed with a natural and varied abundance, because we set no limit to a man's achievement in mine, factory, field, or service in business, or the arts. An able man, regardless of class or creed, can realize his ambition because we have great dreams and because we have the opportunity to make those dreams come come true. This is America. That is who we are. So 2019, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. God bless you. God bless America.